to the Quarantine Players Podcast. We are a group of writers, directors, and actors who had our productions canceled due to the pandemic. Each week, we'll read a new play and discuss it with a playwright, just like Shakespeare. We aspire to create new work during a global pandemic. Welcome, everyone, to the Quarantine Players production of Country Fried Murder by Judy Class. Country Fried Murder, a play in two acts by Judy Class. Scene one, we're in the living room of Martha Darnell's big old house in the Colorado Rockies. It's a very snowy moment long, long ago in the year 2006. The snow and wind is heard through the window panes. Martha is going over surfaces with a dust rag and making sure the books and knickknacks are in their place. Still coming down. Yeah, I was uh, watching through those picture windows you got on the third floor. It's, uh, it's coming down pretty good. Oh Lord, I hope they're all all right. I'll be okay. Car service guy probably knows how to drive in this kind of weather, so. Uh, you want me to do anything down here? Well, the folding chairs. Maybe you could set them up near the board in case Kyle wants to have a breakout session right away. Yeah, you got it. You okay? I'll be all right if everybody makes it here. No, I won't. I'll be terrified. It's going to be fine. <sighs> Can you lead a songwriting session or two, Bryce, if we need it? Um, well, I mean, Kyle may not want me uh, muscling on the mentor session like that. But if he's delayed, if he doesn't make it in today and the others do? Sure, I can come up with something, I guess. We hear a noise outside of a vehicle lumbering along a snowy road. Oh, uh, look out, here comes somebody. Oh my goodness, oh my Lord. Just relax. Bryce opens the door and we hear more wind and see more snow. Hey, y'all. Hey. We made it. How many of them? Uh, looks like five of them. Ask if the driver wants to come in. Oh, he's already taken off. Hello, I'm Martha and I'm so glad you all made it. Yeah, we're pretty pleased about that, too. <laughs> there were some twists on those mountain roads where we weren't so sure. You must be the Harpers. That's right. I'm Charlie, and this good-looking young thing is my wife, Denise. Oh, stop it. I'm glad I finally get to meet you both. Roberta, you made it. I made it. <laughs> you traveled the furthest of anybody here. Oh, lady, you know I wouldn't have missed it. You look terrific. And you look like you were made for life out here. I was, silly. This is the old family homestead. Well, it is good to see you conquering new universes as a seminar-running mogul. 
Lovely. Oh, and you're Tiffany? Um, yeah, Tiffany Watt. You said on the phone you're looking for an artist deal. You're so pretty, I can certainly see why. Well, a lot of people have that dream. Nashville is full of girls who can sing their butts off. Some of them a heck of a lot prettier than me. I think you're the one aspiring artist in the bunch at this retreat, and it's good to have you. And you're Ed? Yes, ma'am. Ed Start. Bryce, will you help take their coats to the back porch where they can dry off? Uh, this is Bryce Hall, everybody. He's here to help out while we're here. Howdy. I was afraid you'd all be snowbound at the airport. I guess we all booked early flights. We were all at the meetup place. We did a head count and said, okay, let's get a car an hour early to beat the snow. Wonderful. Oh, there's a car pulling up. Oh, good. I wonder if that's our mentor. No, it ain't Kyle. It's a woman. Bryce exits to the back porch with the coats. Liz, then. It must be Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey. Did you see any pro writers out on the road? I didn't see anything but snow piling up on my window wipers and a little patch of road in front of me for the last two hours. I was pretty glad when the turnoff sign for your road came along. Yeah, it'd be easy to miss. <laughs> well, we're all here except for our pro. He was going to fly in and run a car. I just hope he's not lost. Call him. Mm -mm, I couldn't use my phone all the way out here. I figured it was, I couldn't either. I figured it was my little piece of junk phone. We do have problems with phone reception up here and it's much worse in bad weather. I couldn't even get online today. No internet? <laughs> Poor kid, she'll go into withdrawal. She can't text and tweet and go on MySpace and all that. <laughs> well, maybe it will be good for all of you to get away from that stuff on this retreat. Just immerse yourself in the songwriting and everything and Kyle, that everything that Kyle has to teach when he gets here. Let me make sure I've introduced myself to everybody. I'm Martha Darnell, obviously, and let me tell you more about Bryce. He's a national songwriter himself, and he answered my ad on Craigslist for someone to come out here and help coordinate this seminar. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, between publishing deals right now. <laughs> now, I advised you all not to bring guitars simply because it's so hard to get them on and off plane sometimes. But Liz, I see you brought yours. Yeah, well, driving from Denver. And we have two others here you're all welcome to use. Takamini and one made by a local luthier I know here in Boulder. There's uh, an extra set of guitar strings on that shelf and uh, just in case we need them. Uh, could we, uh, I'm sorry, but could we freshen up? Oh yeah, it was a long trip. Oh my goodness, of course. Rice will show you up to your rooms and you can settle in. Yeah, come on everybody. There's a little sign on each door saying who's staying in that room. Uh, towels are on the beds. You see the bathrooms on each floor. Oh good, Martha, just relax. And Charlie and Denise, you get a bathroom to yourselves, but the single fellow's on the top floor with Kyle uh, when he gets here. And there's uh, extra blankets if you get cold. And I've got extra sweaters, though it did say in my checklist I sent out to bring warm things. I know you're down south and you're not used to all this. Martha takes a broom and sweeps snow from the door area. There is a noise of a car outside. Kyle, it's so good to see you. Damn, it is cold. Some of the ice on these roads just 
wicked. You can have this Colorado weather. Did you find it all right? Yeah, well, I'm here, ain't I? Oh, yes, and we're so glad to see you. Don't you, do you need to freshen up before we talk, or? Oh, no, no, no. I thought I got lost a little while back, so I just took a leak, you know. Oh, oh, well. I was hoping to speak to you about the seminar schedule before things get started. I hmm. sent a few emails. Yeah, hey, I'm a busy guy. I've been on tour. Of course, I know that. I just thought now, if you have a moment. Oh, go ahead, whatever. All the attendees are here upstairs, and I wondered if you wanted to have a breakout session right away, and then I'd serve everybody some dinner. Sounds good. Uh, we don't want every day to be the same, of course. Perhaps we should plan student when the students will present each of their two songs for a critique and how to make each day a little different. Just play it by ear. I like to wing it. Okay. I was just wondering, my friend Roberta's here and she's been to some song camps and song seminars before. And she said, sometimes students are put into groups to co-write. Well, they want to co-write, let them co-write. Why they need invitation from me. Well, that's true. She said at some events like this, it's interesting for students to watch a song being written. Want them all sit around watching me write a song? No, but if you wanted to co-write. Oh, no, I do not co-write with amateurs. That is all I need is somebody off the street nagging me record some song with their name on it. Of course not. But we have some professional writers here. If they're professionals, what are they here? Bryce Hall is my assistant. I hired him to help me get the seminar series started. Hang on. Bryce Hall is here. Yes, he indicated he's met you before. He He's more than met me. This is not cool at all. I'm sorry. If, if you didn't want to write with him, then Liz Porterhouse is someone who also used to live in Nashville, and she's gotten songs cut, I think. What the hell is this? I'm sorry, what? You invite me to this thing. I drive all the way up here through this freaking blizzard, and you have saved up Bryce Hall and Liz Porterhouse to give me a hard time when I get here? I don't think they know each other. Tiffany appears on the staircase. She stops and listens. I don't care if they know each other. I know them, and they know me, and this is bullshit. Uh, Kyle, I'm so sorry. I had no idea you felt that way. Well, who else you got stashed away for me? Who else is here? I sent you a list of the students. I didn't read it. Tell me the names. There's my friend Roberta Lowenthal from New York. Wait, New York City or upstate? New York City. Uh, there's Charlie and Denise Harper from South Carolina. There's Tiffany White, a young girl who lives in Nashville now. I don't know if you know her. I don't. And Ed Starrett, an older gentleman from Oklahoma. And that's it, really. And is Liz Porterhouse one of your little helpers like Bryce? No, Liz, she lives in Denver and she said she heard about my course and thought she'd drive here for it just to wet her feet. She's thinking of moving back to Nashville. Yeah, well, I don't think she's here to learn all about songwriting somehow. I think she's here to fuck with me. Oh no, I'm sure. Well, I'm so sorry if there's friction, Kyle. Really, I had no idea. But if we plan different activities over the next four days, we don't all have to be together. There, uh, there ain't gonna be any four days. What? Uh, Martha, you know, you just made what I got to say a whole lot easier. So I got a message from my label. I read it at the airport when I landed. 
and they got me booked on this uh, country music cruise to Bermuda, and I taking off tomorrow. I'm gonna catch that ship before it sails. But that's impossible. You made a commitment. I've already advanced you. <laughs> we didn't sign anything. I'll send you back half the money. Half the money. You promised you'd be here for four days. I advertised. I'll send back three quarters of the money, all right? But these people, they're here for a seminar. They paid me $1,000 each. That is not my problem. Look, you said skiing and snowboarding, right? <laughs> not in a blizzard like this. I am not liking this cold. I am not used to it, and it is messing with me. Frankly, I'm finding I'd much rather be watching the senoritas on a beach holding a drink with a little umbrella right now. And when you pull this shit with Bryce Hall and Liz Porterhouse, you make it real easy for me to just say forget it. I'm getting the hell out. Please, you don't understand. I was living in Boulder. I lost my job. I lost my house. My brothers and sisters have problems of their own. All I've got left is this house my parents had. And I took out a loan. I've staked everything on starting this country songwriting series. This is my first one. My whole reputation depends on this. Look, look, I don't need to hear your whole life story. Look, I'm here now. I'll talk to these people tonight. I'll listen to a song <coughs> piece, you know, something from each of them, not Liz. Yeah, I don't need to deal with that shit. She knows why perfectly well. Not Bryce. He's not a student. Fine. I'll uh, I'll give the rest of them something to chew on, and then Bryce and Liz or whoever you want can take over when I leave. That's not possible. Liz is a student. And these people didn't come all this way. Look, you want me to talk to them or not? I run a high-energy session. I guarantee you they ain't going to fall asleep. Now, play along and... Who knows? Maybe you'll get lucky. We'll all get snowed in and I'll be stuck here. Uh, Where's my room? On the top floor. Hi. Uh, I, uh, I was kind of sent by the others to see what was going on when we should come back down. What's your name, cutie? <laughs> Tiffany. Tiffany White. Ah, you got a artist deal or publishing deal, Tiffany? Not yet. Well, let's talk about that, huh? Uh, meanwhile, maybe you can give me the uh, <clears throat> grand tour of the house. They head up the stairs together. Well, I see our uh, rock star mentor finally made it here. Martha, you okay? Why didn't you tell me Kyle hates you? Does he hate me? I don't he hate him. He hates you and he hates Liz. Liz, the the woman who drove up from Denver by herself? How did you know Kyle in Nashville? Uh, we were friends, co-writers for a while. I lost my deal. He got hot and he dropped me. No, that's okay. That's showbiz. Uh, Martha, I signed up to help you coordinate a series of seminars. So uh, whoever the writers are that you bring out here, I, I just want to help. It's not your fault then, but Kyle says he's going to leave early, tomorrow. What? We can't do that. He's using you and Liz as an excuse. Damn. 
What a jerk. Martha, look, I'm really sorry. He said he'd do some mentoring tonight anyway. I guess we'll just have to carry on. And as he says, maybe we'll get snowed in and I'll honor his commitment after all. Uh, hey, uh, Martha, Denise was just trying to take a shower, but the hot water gave out on her. Oh, nuts. It works, but it can be fussy, especially in a storm. Maybe somebody else was showering at the same time? Maybe. If you tell everyone to head on down, Kyle has arrived and we're going to have our first session before dinner. Great. Will do. Uh, help him spread the word. Hey, Martha, where did you say those extra blankets were at? In the hall closet on the high shelf. Okay, great. Liz. Yeah. Could you come down here and talk to me for a moment? Yeah, sure. I'm not exactly sure how to ask this. What is it? Do you know Kyle Samperson personally? Yes, yes I do. From years ago when I lived in Nashville. Were you friends? We dated for a while and it didn't end well, but I don't have any hard feelings. I hope he doesn't. He does. He seems upset to find that you're a student here. Really? I'm sorry to hear that. I was hoping we could patch things up actually, leave things in a better place. Maybe we can. That doesn't sound likely. He's leaving early. Because of me? And Bryce. He also knows Bryce. Oh, Martha, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to mess this up for you or for Kyle or anybody. Look, I'd leave early myself, only I can't head back out in that weather. But you can tell him um, if it makes him more comfortable, I'll leave tomorrow, okay? You just refund me the rest of my tuition and I'll- It's all right. Um, maybe it will work out. It just makes things a little more exciting. That's all. Um, we're starting? As soon as everybody gets here. We're each gonna play one of our own songs tonight? Yes, that's what Kyle said. Uh, let me go up, back up and grab my guitar. Oh, but Liz. I just feel more comfortable playing my Martin. I'll be right down. I sure hope he lets her play a song. Why wouldn't he? Never mind. <laughs> you weren't kidding about us needing sweaters. <laughs> Denise, I hear you had a little trouble with the hot water. I think I heard somebody yelling. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it, it suddenly gave out. <laughs> you should have heard her yell. She hit a Rocky Mountain high note. <laughs> oh, Charlie, stop. It, it's okay, Martha. We knew we'd be roughing it a little. Oh, it's definitely worth it for a chance to meet Kyle Samperson in person, hear what he has to say. We've been saving up for this. Four days of mentoring with Kyle Samperson. The ladies in my Bible studies class just, they couldn't believe it. I, I sure hope it's as wonderful as you want it to be. Damn, this house is big. How many kids you say there were in your family, Martha? Uh, there were six of us. Wow, uh, ain't so much. I'm Baptist on one side, Catholic on the other. So you want to talk about big families, just go back a generation or two on either side. Kyle, man, this this is such a pleasure. Yeah, hey, likewise. Kyle, uh, I don't think you know what your songs mean to, well, to so many people out in the heartland. Well, it's always a pleasure to hear. Thanks a lot. Everybody take a seat, I guess, and we can start the breakout session. 
The students settle onto the couch and into folding chairs. Well, okay. Obviously, I'm Kyle Samperson. Now, uh, people want to tell me their names one by one? Oh, we're Charlie and Denise Hart. We're, uh, we're neighbors of yours. Hi, South Carolina, I know. You're my homies. <laughs> we're from right outside Greenville. And you are? Ed Stark from Oklahoma. Roberta Lowenthal. No, <laughs> you're the chick from New York. Yeah. I'm Tiffany White. You I met. <laughs> and Bryson Lee, as you can spare me the introductions. Okay. All right. Let me write a, uh, a few elements of songwriting on pad here for you. Now, the first thing you need to be a writer is a spark. A spark of divine inspiration. See, I don't care if it is the grittiest, sleaziest, honky-tonkinest drinking song you ever wrote in your life. Every song is a gift from God, and don't you forget it. Now, the next crucial thing you need, and uh, sometimes this is how the spark actually reaches you, is a killer hook. I see the way that I did with When Girls Collide. Huh? Now, people hear that title right away. They want to hear the song. You find a good solid hook and you repeat it and you repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you have hammered that sucker into their brains. When girls collide, it's a knockdown drag out fight. I have. Who's playing my song? Oh, oh, that's my ringtone. I'm, my phone must be working again. I am so sorry. Hello? Amber, I am really sorry. This isn't a good time. If you could... Hello? I lost the signal again. Um, I'll put it on vibrate. I'm amazed you got any signal with the snow coming down like that. But maybe everybody should turn their phones off or put them on vibrate. <laughs> Just uh, be careful where you put it while it's vibrating. Huh? <laughs> All right, folks. Where were we? Ah, yeah. Killer hook. And then you need to tell us a story in pictures. Put all the details in there. What brand of beer are they drinking? Make me see them cut off jeans and her belly button ring. Describe it all so good that they don't even know what to add when they shoot the music video because it's all in there already in the words that you wrote. Okay? So... With this stuff in mind, let's hear a couple of your songs. And I warn you right now, I do not pull any punches. The, the thing to remember is that to be a songwriter, you gotta be tough. It means rejection. It means when somebody says something critical about your song, you suck it up and you say thank you. It means that you learn what Nashville wants and then you give it to them. Until you get uh, big enough that you can just tell Nashville to kiss your ass. All right. You, New York. Let's see what you got. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, this is a song I usually play when I play out. Okay. She was a dime star Desdemona on the day she fell in love. Now she's drunk on one Corona, cause her dreams were 
will that telephone to ring? Someone complain. Instead, she's drunk on one Corona and round queen for days. Quiet life that she has known. So many nights left all alone. She finds a little drink and hold these memories at bay. She was dry as Arizona. She's become her own today. She's drunk on one Corona It seems a fitting fate What the hell Cause she don't own a man Even song or such When you're drunk on one Corona Means you don't get out that much She stares at folks along the bar Makes a toast to them Gives thanks for the wedge of life That's stuffed into the bottle's down there's a dentist from Daytona whose time and hands are free. Though she's drunk on one Corona, she won't fall that easily. Cause you'd swear she's never known a man to smile you can trust. If you get drunk on one Corona, moderation is a must. Don't offer her a Heineken or Bex, please. This girl could not metabolize even Uno or Dos Equis. She inhales the rich aroma of the bar food like perfume. When you're drunk on one Corona, you don't want to leave the room. In the morning, yeah, she's gonna have to race the world outside. But she's drunk on one Corona, she just needs. To ride the time. Oh, that was wonderful. Good for you. Okay. Let's uh, just think about this for just a minute. Who do you see pitching a song like that to? You mean uh, publishers or like... What artist in Nashville do you think is going to cut something like that? I mean, you got to be aware of who the artists are all the time. I know they don't have any country radio stations up in New York. No, we don't. But I got the cable so I could watch the country video channels. Okay. So, you then are familiar with some of the artists. So, who are you going to pitch that to? I don't know. Uh, Rich and Wilson... Ivy Newfield, you know, any woman willing to be a little bit funny, a little bit honky-tonk. All right. Any woman who's got that kind of tough image, who's willing to sing a song about a bar room, a woman like that does not get drunk on one Corona. See what I'm saying? And, and the women who are wusses like that, see, they don't sing drinking songs. Okay, so now, are you trying to be funny in the song? Are you trying to be serious? Both. No, Nashville don't do both. You got to pick. You either write a ha-ha funny song, you know, she thinks my tractor's sexy or Redneck Yacht Club, or you write a serious song about love and pain and heartbreak. Well, uh, I, I think there are songs that are both, uh, that, that express real pain, but the person has a sense of humor still. Name one. Well, uh, Flowers on the Wall. Yes, flowers on the wall. Statler Brothers. Huh? That is a uh, what a psycho Billy one-off song that came out when seventies, sixties. Look, 
either break our hearts and be serious or write novelty songs for you know, Cletus T. Judd and people like that. Choose. See, take somebody like me. I got an artist deal now and I can write my own songs and I can be funny when I want to. Hell, I can do anything a damn please. I have reached that point where I can tell Nashville to kiss my ass. See, I am Kyle Samperson and you are nobody. Now you bring a song like that to Nashville and they will know you are an amateur and tell you to get out of town. You got a copy of the lyrics? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, you don't know a damn thing about structure. I know. It should be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. You know, this one just came out different. No, no buts, no different. I mean, you play this in Nashville with your New York accent, and they're going to say, mm, amateur who don't know a damn thing about country music. And, and, and what's with all the cute little clever rhymes? You trying to be, what, a Broadway writer? You know, trying to put on a musical? No, I... I, I the dime not... store Desdemona. What, what the hell does that even mean? It's like a romantic heroine, but a cut-rate one. You know, like the five and dime, dime store version. <laughs> like in a cheap romantic novel and... and... I, I guess I was looking for rhymes with Corona. Yeah, uh-huh. See, Nashville wants conversational songwriting. It wants writing from the heart. Don't want anything fancy or clever, and see, that is what you get when you get hung up on these rhymes. Now, do you know how to rhyme love and truck? What? I said, do you know how to rhyme love with truck. See, if you can't bring yourself to do that because you think you're writing a, 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 a sonnet or whatever, uh, then Nashville don't want you. See, it's not about being all cerebral or cute. Did you demo this thing? Yeah, I had a demo done in Nashville, but I, I put a session singer on it, not, not yeah. me. Well, then you threw your money away. See, this is not what country is about. Country songwriting is it's raw, it's sincere, it, it says stuff plain. And and I only, am I supposed to like the girl in this song? I, I mean, is she in a relationship? Is she even looking for a relationship? Songs should come from the gut. Why the hell would you even write a song like this? I, I wrote it when, when I was drunk on one Corona and, and I thought, God, this is just so lame. I mean, you know, there's got to be a song in there somewhere. I, I figured even nerds, lightweights, you know, they get their hearts broken or, or get the blues. And they, they deserve at least one drinking song of their own. Well, that's cute. But I don't see you saying I. I see you saying she. Now, Harlan Howard always said, don't write a he and she song, write a you and me song. Huh? Only in, in this case, it wouldn't even work to say I because this character is such a, a unappealing loser. There is nobody in Nashville who would sing this. So you keep singing it yourself. It is, it is a bluebird song. It is a cute little thing for you when you play out. Okay. Well, thanks. That's probably good advice. See, I, I just give it to you people straight.
I am not going to bullshit you and say what your mom or your friend from church says to you. Oh, dear, so lovely. It's going to be a hit. No. Nashville is a competitive market. There are writers better than all of you there who have had number one hits. And they've lost their publishing deals and they can't get arrested. So they go out and they pay song pluggers to send their songs out and then nothing happens. Because getting album cuts is not good enough anymore because nobody buys album, only singles. And the kids illegally download the singles and then, so too bad, we're all screwed. That's the way it is. There's no money. And so the labels have the artists write their own songs now, even if they suck at it. Well, or they put a, a proven writer like myself in a room with the artist for a co-write. And then I say to them, what's your favorite color? And then they say, ooh, blue. And then so I write a song with the color blue in it, and it gets listed as a co-write with the artist, and then and it makes the album. And that is what happens now. I'm, I'm sorry if you don't like to hear it. See, Nashville is kind of over. You know, at least the old Nashville for songwriters. Now, I made it through the door just when it was closed, and, and, and I have got what it takes to hang tough. And my guess is that you guys don't, frankly. So even if you get serious and you move to Nashville, there are a lot of sad hangers-on in that town. You're better off at home, just playing the songs for your mom. I'm sorry. I don't sugarcoat it. I'm just telling you how it is. We appreciate that, Kyle. <laughs> I'm not what you would call a, uh, a diplomat. I shoot it from the hip. Would you play us one of your hits, Kyle, just to you know, show us how it's done? Oh, oh come <laughs> All right. What, uh, what song of mine would you like to hear? Oh, now, I think you know. You know which one we all want to hear. Oh, you want to hear a little something about how, uh, how they'll see the light? We sure do. That's the proudest American song I've heard in a decade, Kyle. And I say that as a veteran. I say that as a man who loves the patriotic songs of Toby Keith and Daryl Worley and Aaron Tippin and, and Lee Greenwood. Well, uh, how about you there, Miss Tiffany? Think I should play that one? I mean, it ain't the one you got on as your ringtone. But it's a real cool song. It's the one that really made me aware of who you are. Yes, it is the one that broke me as an artist. You know, I had other hits as a songwriter, and I, I played out a lot. <laughs> I know how to handle a rowdy bar full of people throwing beer bottles, bouncing off the chicken wire. I cut my own CD. I was selling it out of the back of my truck, like every other songwriter in Nashville. But see, this was the song that got me the artist deal. And this was the one with the video. And this is the one where I was able to show people some of who I am. I, I guess what, uh, what I did was just express how a lot of people felt about what happened in 2001. I just I looked inside my heart and I wrote a song. And it, uh, it goes a little something like this. Evil Axis has attacked us. They're gonna regret it, you can bet. They don't fight fair, but the rocket's red glare will 
teach them all a lesson they won't forget This holy crusade and its thunder Wake them up in the dead of night They're gonna wonder what hell they're standing under Their desert sky will glow so bright When we drop our load, they'll see the light I guess it's all just a joke to some folks Who see America as weak The 9-11 victims are all in heaven And traders say let's all just turn the other cheek But me, I come from the land of cotton Where folks don't run off from no fight Where we ain't forgotten about Osama bin Laden And where we still know wrong from right Drop our load and see the light. And I won't apologize and I'm not afraid to brag. How I love my God above and how I love our flag. Folks are either with us. They're against us Yeah, let those cowards all sit tight Uncle Sam sent us And the good Lord, he meant us To launch our eagles into flight Make our enemies ignite Bombs burst in air, what lovely sight When we drop our load, they'll see the light When we drop our load, they'll see the light No, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so cool to hear you sing it live in person. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Now, how about that, New York? See, I rhymed forgotten and cotton and been Latin, and the universe didn't explode. And do you see me using a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, structure? Yes, I do. 
but you don't see me getting in the way of pouring my guts out and saying what I really feel, saying what needs to be said, do you? I... No, yes. So, I'm sorry. You might think I'm just giving you a hard time here about being from New York, but I think the song lets you know that I don't like to see Americans anywhere, anytime, any place getting attacked. Now, we all felt for what happened in New York that day. Okay. Okay. You know what? I've gotten that before from people from New York. When I have played for our troops in Kabul and Baghdad, see these New York, California celebrities who go with the USO, they just look at me like I'm a little kid who messed in his pants or something. Could you maybe I don't know, shed a little, little light on why that is, New York? Well, to be perfectly honest. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. I think a lot of New Yorkers didn't feel angry like that right after 9-11. They felt maybe more like the Alan Jackson song, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? Incredibly sad taking care of each other, seeing the world as a fragile place, not wanting to just, just go kill any Arab or Muslim person at random. I, Muslims died at ground zero. Oh, I didn't say kill every Arab. I'm talking about getting the scum suckers who attacked us. And I don't have to apologize for wanting those bastards dead. I wrote this on way before we went into Iraq. Sure. The way things turned out, the video got played a lot when we were going to war. It, it kind of helped whip people into Iraq war mode. And, and, and I'm just saying, because you asked, there were plenty of New Yorkers who wanted to go after Al-Qaeda, who even supported the invasion of Afghanistan. But 80% of New Yorkers were against going into Iraq. And it wasn't because we, we were traitors or we forgot about Osama bin Laden or what happened that day and what we heard and saw and, and the people we lost and the people we were breathing in the weeks and months afterwards with, with all the chemicals and that, that charnel house smell. We do remember that. We opposed going into Iraq because we remembered that. And we didn't think all Muslims were interchangeable. But then I traveled to Nashville and, and I'd hear people say, nuke them all. Cultural difference, I guess. Huh. Well, thank you for explaining all that to me. But tell me this, New York. Why did you sign up for this workshop with me if you think my song is such a piece of shit? I, I, I didn't say that exactly. Why'd you come here? I, I'm an old friend of Martha's from college. She knows I, I keep going to Nashville to pitch songs, and, and she told me about this retreat before she was sure who the pro writer would be. So I was the first to sign up. But it's interesting to have you here and uh, you know, get your perspective on what I'm writing. I mean, look, you're a smart guy. You know the business. It's, it's good to get a different viewpoint. But deep down, you hate me and everything I stand for. Hate is a strong word. <laughs> see, see, that is what I don't get about you. What in the hell are you even doing here? 
Now, unlike other kinds of music, country music is about celebrating our troops. It's like John Rich says, it is about letting them know that we support them, that we honor their service and their sacrifice. It's about appreciating our freedoms, to not be taxed to death, to carry guns, to to say out loud that we love God and Jesus and our small towns and and going to church on Sunday, and we are not ashamed of it. And and I'm going to take a guess here in New York and say that you are not into any of what I'm talking about. I don't try to write those kinds of country songs. I have nothing against supporting our troops. Yeah, but if what we got in our hearts and minds in country music is so disgusting to you, then why are you trying to write country songs at all? Just go do rock or hippie folk music or jazz or the Broadway. I can't explain why I like country music. I mean, when I was a kid, there was more country rock crossover stuff like the Eagles, Linda Ronstadt in New York. And back then we did have a country radio station in, in New York and I and I listened to it and, and I heard Tanya Tucker when she was a teenager. I, I heard Waylon and Willie. I heard the songs Loretta Lynn was writing and, and Dolly Parton and Tom T. Hall. I, I guess I felt like I had found a window in, into a different America. I like trucker songs like Convoy. I like the humor and the directness and what you were talking about, the the lack of pretentiousness and the storytelling. (laughs) Maybe I liked upsetting my family who were all doctors and academics. Country music, it it got to me on on a visceral level. And I try to write good heartbreak songs and drinking songs and love songs. And, and I try to make them sincere. Sorry if that doesn't come through to you. And I'm sorry if my patriotism offends you. It's not your patriotism that offends me. It's it's your assumption that, that yours is the only kind. Okay, everybody. What do you say to taking a little break? Dinner will be ready soon. I'll just go reheat it quick in the kitchen. I know this is pretty far north for a lot of you, so I try to go with a dinner that might seem a little more down home. We're having country fried steak. (laughs) Roberta, have you ever had that before? No, uh, how is it different from chicken fried steak? It ain't, same thing. And I've had it. I'm sure not any kind of professional Southern chef, but I hope you folks are hungry enough that you'll cut me some slack on it. And I hope you made a whole lot of it, Martha, because country fried steak happens to be one of my favorites. Well, let me go warm it up, Ben. All right. We'll uh, we'll just keep going till you do that. Maybe uh, break in half an hour. I stopped at a Denny's on the drive up. I'm not that hungry yet. But uh, who's next? You. You're uh, Ed, you said, right? Oklahoma. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah. I've had some good concerts out that way. I don't think you'd find people taking your song the wrong way in that part of the country, Kyle. <laughs> no, it usually goes over pretty good there. All right, Ed, see what you got. Tonight you look so beautiful, you sparkle in your gown. You seem at home there in his arms as he whirls you around. You'll 
never know the tears I cry each night now that you're gone. You've left me only memories to build my dreams upon. I could not know the way the story had to end that I would lose the only girl I love to my best friend. I walk the door and think of you. Oh, 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 and, and, um, all right, I'm going to stop you right there. Yes, sir. Uh, who are your favorite writers, your favorite country artists? Well, I'd have to say my all-time favorite is Hank Williams. Hank Sr. or Bo Cephas? Hank Sr. Well, see, that's your problem. Now, Hank Sr. was great in the 1940s. He did not survive the transition to the new millennium so good. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's still... Uh... No, no, he is so old school... They hadn't even built the schoolhouse yet. Do you understand why? I, uh... I mean, do you understand why he wouldn't get a single cut nowadays? And it is it is not just because he drank. I guess so. Uh, you're not supposed to write heartache songs anymore? No, 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 you're not. Nope. You're not supposed to write songs saying, I'm a victim. I'm a doormat. You cheat on me. You hurt me. You left me, but I love you anyway. See, that that's not cool anymore, especially not for chick singers, but not for guys either. But uh, isn't... Sorry, what? Go ahead, say it. I'm sorry, but if you take the heartbreak out of country music and, and loving the wrong people, isn't that almost like cutting the heart out of the country? Uh, I, I'm just asking, Kyle. I respect what you're teaching us. Well, then, just listen to me more carefully. See, today's country artists, they want to say something positive. They want to be strong and proactive and empowered. They don't want to go out there every night singing, poor, poor, pitiful me. I'm drunk again. I got fooled again. I'm all self-destructive. And if they do sing a song like that, they're going to write it themselves. See, they're not going to cut yours. Now, um, let me ask you another question, Ed, and, and I don't mean nothing by it. Yes, sir. Have you turned on the radio in the last 40 years? But not all of the new songs. So that song of yours is in waltz tempo. Are you hearing a lot of waltzes on the radio nowadays? Not as many. <laughs> not as many. Crap. You're not hearing any. See, the power waltz came back for like two minutes a couple of years ago, and then it went away again. It's just two 70s hell it's to 60s and 50s and 40s you, you're just not going to get on the radio with waltzes or yodeling or walking the floor you know all that cliche old-timey shit so are you listening to the chord changes that they're using now the the signature licks do you do, do you people have any idea how competitive the country market is are you even hearing what i'm saying here ed there, there are some fans who still like the more traditional. Yeah. Old people. Old people like the traditional stuff, but that's not the demo anybody's trying to reach. 
See, old people can listen to the Grand Ole Opry. They can watch it on TV, and then the the little country teeny boppers and boy bands can go on the Opry, and they'll sing an old-fashioned sounding song once or twice a year just to prove that they're legit. But no way are you going to get a cut with that crap. I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. No. I'm not going to let you finish that song. See, that is just how Nashville is. You get a verse and a chorus, and then the A&R guy's going to turn it off. See, I let New York sing all the way through because she didn't even have a verse and a chorus structure. I don't even know what the hell that was. Okay? So who's next? Uh, Charlie? Oh, well, me and Denise right together. Well, all right then. Let's hear what you got. We don't actually play guitar, but we got the chords written out. If someone would play for us. Uh, sure, uh, I'll play for you. Here. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, it's a, our little angel, that's what they call her. That's how it goes. Yeah. Can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm too shy. Now, honey, we came all this way. You sing it. You help me out on the chords. Okay, I'll try. Our little angel, that's what they call her. Sugar and spice and everything nice. They love how she laughs and they love how she sings. No, not every angel wears wings. They knew their daughter was a miracle from God. And when she got sick, she swore she'd be the odds. But now she's gone, they can feel her just the same. It's like a prayer. Each time they call her name. Whoa, whoa, hold, hold, hold. Stop it. Stop a minute. Uh, do you have the lyrics on the sheet there with the chords? Yes, sir, Kyle. Right here. All right. Okay. So you start with the chorus. That's pretty old-fashioned. And a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. See? See, your verses don't advance or develop the story. Just it's on and on each time. Wasn't she sweet? It's a shame she's dead. She's watching her parents now. And you see, and you, and you got all your verses or or past tense, and the choruses are present tense. So, I, I, which makes no sense. I mean, do you guys follow the market? I mean, I mean seriously, does anybody here listen to country radio and really study it? Who do you guys see cutting this? Uh, Martina McBride, maybe. All right. So Martina's already had a hit with Concrete Angel, so she's not going to do another one. Nashville kind of declared a moratorium on all the Angel songs, so so no more Angels in Waiting or When I Think About Angels or Wild Angels, all the rest of them. And then and the, the boohoo child dying songs, they're I mean they're tricky. See, most of the time you can't get them cut. If you're thinking about the Christian country market, that is its own world, and it is not easy to make it there either. So, 
I mean, you got a few lines in here that, that could work as a hook, maybe. You know, the see the sugar and spice line. Now, I, I could see you writing a whole sexy song about a girl who is sugar and spice. Oh. Oh, oh come on. Don't, don't start with this. Did you, did you come here to learn something or didn't you? It's just that this is kind of a, a personal song for us, Kyle. Well, yeah. Every song's personal to the writer. I mean, nobody likes to hear that their baby's ugly. I think they're trying to say <laughs> they lost a child. But is, that, is that what you're saying? Our daughter Melinda, <laughs> leukemia. She's not. Now, I, I'm sorry, but how the hell was I supposed to know that? It's not your fault. You know, I I really get that. Hell, hell I give thousands to St. Jude's every year. I, I play benefits. That is too bad. I, I, I you know wish you wish you told me what this is all about from the beginning. Well, it's okay. It, it, I'm I'm just gonna run upstairs for a minute and wash my face. I guess I'll go with her. Well, damn, guess I put my foot in at that time, didn't I? You know, that is kind of thing to kill your buzz pretty damn quick. All right, who's next? Kyle, I'll go. Nope, you are not playing a song for me, Liz. We're not even going to play whatever game you think this is. I just, I think I've come a long way as a writer, and I'd like your feedback. No, you know damn well you had a lot of nerve signing up for the course in the first place, and you are not going to play a song for me now. Tiffany, how about you? Well, I, I can't play guitar. Well, you got your chords written out on a piece of paper? Afraid not. You got a, a track you want to sing to, you know, karaoke style? Could I just, like, sing the song acapella? Sure, go for it. The song um, is called Naked. I like it already. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so self-conscious. Just relax. Take your time. Okay. Um. Naked. When you're looking at me. I feel naked. I try to hide my love so you won't take it. I feel so naked. You can see right through me. Naked. I act like I don't care, but I can't. Take it. Right now, I'm gonna come right out and say it. You've got a hold on me and I can't shake it. I feel so naked. I feel naked. Is that it? That's the whole song? Uh-huh. 
yes. Now see, that is bold, that is raw, and that is real. Uh, what's the chorus in it? It didn't need a chorus, New York. See, something fresh and authentic like that, it comes along, you can throw out all the rules about structure. Just throw them right out the window. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? See, do you not see how that song is pushing the envelope? See, it's sexy, but maybe not too dirty. It can still get on clear channel radio, huh? It's more like suggestive. Can you hear that? Ed, Ed hand, me, hand me the guitar. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play you my uh, <clears throat> my other biggest hit, the one that Little Miss Naked here has got on a ringtone. And, uh, yeah, of course. and you can hear the type of thing that can actually get cut right now. Kimberly danced too close to Vicky's man. Vicky said, back up a step or two. But Kimberly's seventh beer told her to vamp. Putting the hoe in hoe down. Only one way this can go down. They're heading for a showdown when girls collide. It's a knockdown drag out fight. It's a feline female tumble fest. All right. Keep to the side. Mixing it is suicide. Cause fingernails and teeth may be applied when girls collide. Barkeep wanted to call 911. He could not borrow a cell phone. Guys waved them taking pictures of the fun. When girls collide It's a knockdown drag out fight By the time it ends they'll both be quite a sight Like girls gone wild Yeah, they're heating up the night Rip a tank top off and shout Vengeance is mine when girls collide It's all fist city And back off from my love Or it won't be pretty Cause you ain't woman enough When girls collide It's a knockdown drag out it's a take no prisoners rough and rowdy ride Forget your pride Son, you better run and hide Cause if you're a wuss, this vicinity is dangerous Feel it come bust 
and girls collide when girls collide. Ah. Ah. Okay. See, see, that is all I'm trying to tell you, people, is be sexy, be commercial, write a hit, write a badonkadonk, write a picking wildflowers, and then you can give up that day job. New York, what is your day job? I write for a living, <laughs> not songs. What? Scripts for TV shows. Anything I heard of? Sold some scripts to uh, Law and & Order and, and the CSI shows. Very nice. So, maybe just keep playing to your strengths. Ed, how about you? I'm a carpenter, and a couple nights a week, I'm an EMT worker. Now, see, that is great kind of community service right there. And I remember you said you're a veteran. I respect you for that. When it comes to songs, I just call them like I see them. You know that, right? Yes, sir. Now, I figured that. Your man, you can take it. Now, uh, Tiffany, I guess you, uh, you're just shopping for a deal now, doing uh, showcases and stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking for an internship on Music Row. Hey, see, that is a real good way to move ahead. How old are you? 19. Awesome. See, that is the kind of kids that they're looking to sign. See, they're more likely to sign you to a writer's deal if they think they can get you an artist deal later on. See? So you come talk to me about it upstairs later. Maybe I can hook you up with some people. Okay. All right. Martha, how's that dinner coming? Ready when you are, Kyle. You got enough country fried steak to feed a hunger man? Enough to feed an army. What we don't eat, we'll put in the refrigerator and have tomorrow. <laughs> or later tonight. I am a uh, midnight snack kind of man. Still snowing out there? Still coming down, and the wind is blowing something fierce. Crank the heat up some more. Everyone heads into the kitchen area as we hear the sounds of wind blowing and the lights come down. End of scene one. Scene two. The howling wind swells and the grandfather clock strikes midnight. In the semi-darkness, Kyle comes downstairs and heads into the kitchen area. Mm, naked. Got so much more talent when you're naked. Like candy from a baby, I just take it. Mm. Nothing left for me to do but sprank it. He opens the fridge and rummages. He finds the leftover steak and begins to mm. munch on it in the darkness. A shadowy figure and stands behind Kyle. Mm. The figure strangles Kyle. Mm. Kyle drops the steak and grabs at his neck. Slowly, he sinks to the floor. Mm. The lights come all the way down. End of Act One. Act Two, Scene One, The Next Morning. 
Martha comes down the staircase. Ed comes out of the kitchen area. Morning. Good morning. Did you see the breakfast things to take? I saw them and I saw the note you propped up there and I helped myself. Good. Ed, have you seen Kyle? Um, not since last night. I knocked on his door and he didn't answer and I cracked it open and he was gone. And for a moment I thought he'd taken off completely, but his things are still there and his car's outside. Well, maybe he's hiking around. He said he hated our weather up here. Morning, something smells good. Yeah, there's scrambled eggs and toast and coffee. Oh, let me at it. Did you sleep okay? Oh, the wind was howling something spectacular, but I ain't easy to wake up. That all right? Sure. Good morning. Good morning. Hey there. Did you folks wind up getting any dinner last night? Oh, yes. I, I'm sorry I was so silly and made a scene. Anyhow, Martha brought us up a couple of plates, and we came down and helped her wash up when everybody was going to bed. And we made a little party out of it. Someone must have had a little party later on because there was a big hunk of steak missing from the fridge. Kyle said he's a late night snacker. Oh, we almost went outside last night, got our coats on and all, but it was just too dark and the snow was coming down so hard. We couldn't see, but it's almost stopped now. I should hope so. It's just so different for me. All this snow, it's a winter wonderland. Are you headed out now? Yes, just got to get a sense of what it's like with all the big, clean, fluffy snowflakes. There'll still be some breakfast when we get back, won't there? Sure thing. Uh, you guys have fun. Okay. Uh, things working out the way you hoped they would, Martha? Hardly. But maybe it'll be okay. Hey, Kyle cusses a lot, says some mean, crude things, but we all knew that going in. We know his songs. We know he's a bad boy. You don't look like you slept so good. Barely a wink, Ed. Kyle said he might be leaving today, and I swear I didn't know. I booked him and took money from you people all on good faith. Oh, now if that happens, we won't blame you. We'll work something out with the money. I've got a loan and I've applied for a grant for the seminar series. Your brothers and sisters are saying, forget it, sell the house, but it's all we've got left of my parents. I just... It's gonna be okay. Take it uh, one migraine at a time. Sounds like a song. I'll write it with you. You write? Little bit. Nothing I'm gonna show anybody here. Hey there, everybody up? Not everybody. Oh, did Kyle run off? Or is he gonna give us an encore of that uh, exciting, sensitive critiquing he gave us last night? I just hope he sticks around and nobody else's feelings get hurt and nobody takes a swing at anybody. Well, maybe we could pay him extra to split early, like you said. You know, I, I'm sorry, what's your name? Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. If you have it in for Kyle Samperson, why exactly did you come out here? I got hired by Martha to run interference for her and help set up a seminar series. I know a little bit about songwriting and songwriting conferences and 
I like to eat. So every now and then I take a paying job. Why'd you come out here? I don't have it in for Kyle. Apparently he's just as pissed to see you as he was me. Well, maybe he assumes I'm one of his bitter former hanger-on people. And I'm not, and I want him to know that. Hmm. Well, doesn't seem like he's interested. Of course, I've never known Kyle to be too concerned about what anybody is feeling, except for Kyle Samperson. What are you, some old drinking buddy of his? Among other things. You know, that's one reason I got out of Nashville years ago. It's just full of these guys at bars like Losers and Bobby's Idle Hour. And back when I was there, every bar was that smoky, that seedy, full of bitter guys who lost that deal and never wrote a hit and blamed their buddies who got ahead and bash Nashville and bash God. And it's just so poisonous to be around that. And if I ever go back there, I'm going to steer clear of every guy who sounds like you. Well, that sounds like a good policy. Why don't you do that? Guys, come on. It's breakfast time. Just don't start. Ah, oh, good morning. Hey, since when are you a morning person? I'm not, believe me. I'm jet lagged and I am having altitude weirdness. Why are you up then? I don't know. I heard voices. I smelled good food. So, up and at them, rise and shine, life is beautiful. Grumble, death, destruction, plagues, mayhem. No, Bobby, don't be like that. There's scrambled eggs and toast to help coffee, help yourself. Uh, thanks, I will do. You're a trooper. You're a real friend. Hey, for you. Experience nature, beautiful mountains, anything. I didn't get to ask you last night if you were upset by Kyle. He can come on a little strong. <laughs> I get it. You know, it, it was interesting. I, once he started going after me, you know, I, I got to tell him some things I figured I would never get the chance to say. Good. I'm glad you're taking it that way. Now that the snow stopped, you think the internet would come on, but so far, no luck. I tried calling a buddy of mine this morning and I couldn't get through, but uh, maybe it's good to get disconnected from all that stuff. Like you say, even if Kyle bails on us, we'll all hang out and write some songs and critique some songs. Now you're talking. Hey, Tiff, how are you today? Doing okay. Head on into the kitchen and grab some breakfast. Thanks. So we uh, gonna do some hiking and sightseeing while we're out here? You know, that was part of my original plan to have you experience the beauty of the Rockies and have that inspire you and contribute to your songwriting. Just wasn't expecting a storm like this and I don't know how safe it is, how far afield we can go. Take it easy, honey. Oh, oh God, it was awful. He, he was mostly turned over, but you could still see the, the expression on his face. Who? Kyle. Kyle? You said he's dead. 
must have gone out walking before the rest of us and stopped, stepped on a power line or brushed against it. Oh, how awful. There's this, this down power cable. It was whipping around in the wind, but it had fried part of his leg pretty good. There's a hole in the pants and it's all burned. Yeah, his skin too, you, you can smell the- Oh, we, we would have helped him, but I didn't know if snow is an electricity conductor. It's not. You would have been safe as long as you didn't touch the cable. Well, anyway, you could tell. You could just see he was dead. It's really horrible. Did you, did you say cow? Oh, honey, I am so sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> it's got to be okay. Oh, man. First thing we do is call the police. I just hope the phones work. Uh, still nothing. Just says I'm out of range. Oh, we all need to try whatever kind of equipment we have. That kid Tiffany's got the newest phone, but she doesn't seem to be in any kind of shape. I'll go upstairs and talk to her. I'll ask her to try. This is a nightmare. I'll go try the landline. Well, the uh, kid's pretty shaken up, but uh, guess when you're 19. It's not just being 19. She slept with Kyle last night. Seriously? Ah, uh, God. I mean, you could tell he was putting the moves on her when we were in here, but. Used her and then dumped her outside his door at 11 or thereabouts. I could hear him telling her to scoot on back to her room. Son of a bitch. It's useless. Nothing. Roberta, you're back. I'm going out to take a look. Why? Morbid curiosity. Bobby, I know you write for all those shows. But don't you think this is something for the police to handle? I won't move the body. Want to do a little victory dance around him on behalf of the loony left? Yeah, that must be it. Oh, why would Kyle go for a walk? I was up before any of you, I thought. It wasn't even light outside. I can't picture him going out before that. Didn't he say he wanted to go out skiing or snowboarding? Yeah, but once he got here, he said he hated the snow and cold. And I guess if it was still almost dark, maybe that's why he didn't see the cable. It was also pretty when we went out, with the sun on the new snowdrifts until, until we found it. We can't get our phones to work, but we're doing a little better now. I'm so sorry for all of you. Of all the things I thought could go wrong this weekend, I never dreamed. Martha, it wasn't something you could help. I'm probably liable. That poor man, his family. He's not married, is he? <laughs> I don't think Kyle's married. Nah. Have <laughs> you ever heard his line? The day I lose my interest in sex, that's when I'll get married and have kids. Could you turn it off for once? Could you find a way to not say nasty things about someone who's dead? Well, look. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's the credo the man lived by. He liked being a bad boy. 
This will bust his folks up, though. He was real close to them. I mean, that's true. He was. All these years we grew up here, played in that yard, lived through storms with power lines going down every few years. Nothing like this has ever happened to anyone I know. One thing you see when you're an EMT worker, freak things do happen. To be just helpless to contact the authorities with the honey out there. It's just so awful. Hey, hey, hang in there, Martha. You're a strong woman. Accidents happen. It's nobody's fault. I just hope Roberta's all right out there. I should have let her go. I'm not sure she knows as much about power lines as she thinks she does. Charlie and Denise, you haven't had any breakfast. Would you just go and- We're good. We're, we're okay. I'm not hungry. Thanks just the same. I could try to drive to get help, but I think I'm too upset and it's 20 miles and it's never a good idea right after a storm. I am not thinking clearly. I, I think I might be hysterical or in shock or something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you folks. And I'm thinking what this means to me. And I've got some kind of insurance, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Bert, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I am. Get any ideas for a good ghoulish script? Maybe. <sighs> Martha, I, I, I was wondering. Yes? Can I speak to you alone for a minute? Upstairs, maybe? Why? Why do you want to speak to her alone? We are all so upset right now. Anything you want to tell me, you'd better tell everyone, Bobby. If you really, I, I don't think he was killed by the power cable. You mean he's still alive? No, no. I, I, I mean, I, I think he was killed somewhere else, and then, and then moved outside, where the power line was down to make it look like an accident. <laughs> For God's sake! Look, you knock off all the amateur sleuth stuff. You got the kid upset now. Why do you think that, Roberta? I didn't touch the body, like I said, but, but I got in close. There are marks on the neck, bruises, and an area that looks almost, almost cut across in a line like he was garroted. And blood in the snow from his tongue. His tongue was hemorrhaging blood. That happens sometimes with strangulation, not with electrocution. You want to go and uh, look that up in your detective writer's manual, make sure? I sure wish I had my source books with me or, or that I could go online to look up a few things. That's it. Bruises on his neck and blood on the snow. I could fall on stones or bit his tongue from the shock. And the only people who walked out that way were Denise and Charlie. I guess so. Why? There were two sets of fresh footprints with no snow in them. Okay, so that's Charlie and Denise. I approached from a different angle and I saw two other sets of footprints half filled with snow. I think someone killed him in here during the night and then carried the body out there, probably <laughs> with the helper. I hoped the power line would fry the body beyond recognition, but see, that's never foolproof. And maybe the wind blew it away. They hoped the snow would cover their traces, but it stopped snowing. They came close to committing a perfect crime. Who? Why? I don't know. In this weather with traveling the way it is, I'm guessing someone in here 
I'm going out. I'll go with you. It's cold. The hell with the cold. So how much do you get paid to write those shows anyway? Uh, freelancing isn't the same as being staff writer, but 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 it pays the rent. Yeah. You usually don't get a whole episode. You get you get the outline of an A plot or the B plot. You write that. Oh, so you do all those uh, sequences where like they touch the body or the corpse or a piece of skin or whatever, and then suddenly they see everything that happened, like a like a profiler and like a flashback or something. If that's how the show does it, every show is different. You just learn the in-house style. I don't feel so good. Oh, honey, you want to go upstairs and lie down? No, I want to know who killed Kyle. Did you kill him, Bryce? You didn't like him. You say nasty things about him. I say nasty things about a lot of people. That doesn't mean I kill him. You were jealous because he was a successful writer and you weren't. And he always said what he thought and did what he wanted. And he, he wasn't afraid of anything. No, honestly, those were the things I liked about him. What I didn't like was the way he used people like you. He used you last night, which might also make motive for you to be the murderer. You think I could strangle Kyle and carry him outside? I'm weak and I'm, I'm pathetic and I love Kyle. No, I think it had to be two people. You definitely saw two sets of footprints besides ours. I wasn't looking. Well, there was a lot of snow, things were blurry, but yeah. One person could have taken them out there and then walked back, you know, backwards. I guess. But to carry that body that far, just one person, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Look, as far as it goes, we all have a motive, I guess. I mean, the guy was just such a son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew that from way back, and you all just found that out last night. So then what motive do I have? Oh, you? You're just another woman scorned. They can be dangerous. That's not true. I appreciate Kyle for his good qualities. I stay positive. I stay focused on the future. I'm not a bitter Nashville barfly like you. Did you do it? You and your husband. You're the only people here. You're the only couple here. And it wasn't nice what he said last night about your song, but... He didn't know that. He didn't know about your daughter. Oh, honey, of course not. You, you were ready to kill him. I could see it. Sure, I, I'll admit it. I don't like to see people make my wife cry. And you make her cry right now, young lady. I'll be pretty mad at you, too. Last night I thought it would be really good to, you know, land a punch, take that smirk off Kyle's face. But, but murder, no. Like we said, we got a little angel watching for us, and she wouldn't want to see her daddy murder anybody. I wish I could believe you, but if someone in here is a killer... Martha? <laughs> it looks like murder to us. Ed stamps the snow off his shoes, then heads up the stairs. So what do we do? 
the first thing we do is we stay calm. You know that old saying from AA meetings, don't just do something, stand there. That's what we do. That's smart. We shouldn't lose our heads. Did somebody restring their guitar? Liz? Not me. What the extra set of strings is gone. So maybe that's our murder weapon. Guitar strings twisted together. That might match the line across his neck. Did you kill him? Who? Me? Yes, you. I heard what he said yesterday. He was mad that these two were here. He was going to leave early and go on a cruise and ruin your seminar. How would it help my seminar to kill the pro writer? <laughs> you felt like he double-crossed you. you. You were mad at him. Or, or maybe you were setting him up all along. Maybe that's why you invited him here in the first place. And you started freaking out when the body was found. And so did you. Admit it, Martha. It was you and your old friend. Me? You planned it together to get him out of here. And then kid, kid, you are so off base. Tiffany, I don't share Roberta's politics. I didn't even know she had a problem with Kyle as a mentor until after I had booked him. A left winger like this? That's pretty hard to believe. We were college friends. We don't get into that stuff. If it's two people, then it's you and Roberta. Or you and Ed. You hang out with Ed, so that's two people. You could have just gone out there with them to cover your traces. Oh, now, honey, you've got to calm down. You're just, you've got to stop accusing people every which way. That's not going to help. I don't care. I don't trust any of you people. I'm getting out of here. Nobody is going anywhere. Everybody is going to stand completely still. Oh my God. Ed, it was you. No, it wasn't. And that means it's one of you, or two of you. So nobody leaves the house. Nobody takes Kyle's car, or Liz's car, or Martha's car. We draw those folding chairs into a circle, and we figure this out. Where did you get the gun? It's mine. I brought it with me. On the plane? You can declare a gun and pack it in your luggage. Didn't you know that, New York? Stop calling me that. A crime writer should know about these things, but I guess to New Yorkers, the Second Amendment is so obscene, you don't even want to think about it. Put the gun down, Ed, please. I'll put it down when we're all in a circle. Please, do as I say. I think this is necessary with a killer on the loose. They take chairs and arrange them in a semicircle and sit. Ed lowers the gun, but still holds it. Well, what do we do now? Play truth or dare, I guess. Like you said, Bryce. 
Each of us had a motive for hating Kyle or, or disliking him at least. He's a pretty abrasive guy. The question is, who had a motive strong enough for murder? This is crazy. We should just go home and let the cops figure this one out. Oh, you do, huh? Then I think we should start with you. How did you know Kyle? I already told Martha we dated six, maybe seven years ago, and it didn't work out so good, but I'd hoped we could stay friends. I got burnout in Nashville and my grandma was sick, so I went home to Denver and just stayed there. Oh, how do you know what the smoke-filled clubs in Nashville are like? What? I heard you saying before, you remember when all the bars were smoky like Losers and Bobby's Idol Hour. So have you been to Nashville since it went mostly smoke-free? No, I have friends who tell me what it's like. Or since Losers opened? I mean, that's a pretty recent place. Again, I have friends, co-writers, we keep in touch. They tell me where the good writers are hanging out and where the bitter negative bar flies. And they tell me you can find both kinds of people at those two bars. Doesn't do any good to sit here and second guess each other, try to psych each other out. Yeah, I mean, look, eventually somebody's gonna need to go eat or sleep or take a dump or something. How about you, New York? You're chock full of information about how to murder people. You're the one with the gun. They say the person who finds the body is a likely suspect. I didn't find the body. Denise and Charlie did. I'm the one who said that it wasn't an accident. If I were the murderer, why the hell would I do that? You went out there and saw the body didn't really get fried the way you were hoping. You saw it wouldn't fool the coroner, so you decided to reframe things. You took control of the situation. Again, you are the one with the gun, not me. That's what I call taking control. I still don't buy your reason for coming here. You don't buy that I'm Martha's friend? I don't think you'd come here and just play songs for a man you hate that much just for the sake of friendship. Frankly, I, I was sorry that Martha didn't book somebody else to start her seminar series, but I was a little curious to see him in the flesh. He was uh, quite a character <laughs> and, and a good songwriter sometimes. I even thought he was a pretty good teacher last night. He was interesting. Oh, you did not think that. Oh, sure I did. He was obnoxious, but smart. Provocative. Yeah, you thought that even after he tore you a new one? He did the same thing to the two of you and Ed. And Ed. Frankly, Ed, I, I can't tell if you admired Kyle or thought he was a creep or what. Both. I felt both ways about him. I didn't like his smutty songs. I don't like the new smutty country in general. You don't have to talk about women that way or show them that way in the videos. It's disrespectful. They can leave all that to rap and rock and roll. I don't like country that sounds like hip hop and I don't like that lifestyle. The way he treated this girl here last night, for instance, prompting <laughs> her all those contacts in Nashville just to get her into bed and then tossing her out the door like that. <laughs> he was gonna help me. His label will still help me when I go there and tell them. He told me what to, who to talk to and, and what to say. He takes a teenage girl like this and turns her into, I don't know what. 
that whole part of show business I don't like. But I respect the man for his patriotic songs, for sticking up for what was right and taking flack for it, for having the courage to say that he loved his country and he supported our men in uniform. And apparently that makes you very, very angry. No, no. What makes me angry is hypocrisy and, and war profiteers. I don't think it took a whole lot of, lot of courage to wave a flag and, and promote war on country radio in 2002. I think the people with courage were the ones saying, maybe we should slow down and stop and think. But their voices didn't get heard. They got called traitors. And people like me got to hear that we're not from real America. And, and that the war was supposed to be to avenge our city. Meanwhile, people like Kyle, they just toured on the strength of their jingoistic anthems being more patriotic than now. They, they let their songs and videos be used to cheerlead Bush's war in Iraq. They raked in the money. And then when the war didn't turn out so good, they said, oh, I never supported it in the first place. Actually, my song was about Afghanistan. To me, that's, that's a kind of, of moral cowardice. And that's what I have contempt for. Not, not for our country, not for our troops. Every time I see the video for it, they'll see the light with that footage of, of the planes going into the Twin Towers, mixed in with Kyle strutting around and looking tough and singing about dropping his load. I, I want to slam my fist into the TV screen. But that doesn't mean I killed the man. But still, you gotta admit Kyle was right. You're a darned unlikely person to be writing country music. I know, and I can't help that. It just seems like people with those kinds of strong views, people on jihad, they sometimes do kill people. Jewish jihad, huh? Well, that's a new one. I'm just trying to understand your issues and what you think America is and your whole mindset here. Stop it! Stop it, both of you! Why? Because... Because I killed Kyle Samperson. Liz! And I did mean for it to look like an accident, but it didn't, and it'll come out anyway. And to listen to you sit here and tear each other apart, just, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit through any more of it. Who killed Kyle? Alone? Yes. I'm stronger than I look. No, she's not. I killed him, and she helped me carry the body outside. Beth, I'm sorry, Bryce. I'm. Not, that's why you took this job to come here and kill Kyle. No, no, it, it didn't start out that way. Okay, Liz does still visit Nashville time to time. We met up last year and hooked up, and I know Kyle from co-writing. I had a cool song I was working on, and he just he, he just took it. Okay, it was it was kind of a response to that thing he always said about when he loses his sex drive, that's when he'll get married and have kids. And yeah, you know that thing just stuck in my crawl. Okay, so it was just like ugly and cynical, and so that's where I got the idea for honeymoon ain't over. I'll be loving you over and over. Don't need the sands of the Caribbean. Long as there's your sweet smile I'm seeing, 
the honeymoon ain't over. That one, you've heard that one, all right? You know it. And, and, and maybe I told him I wrote it in reaction to what he always said, and so he just stole it out of spite. You know, he had a big co-write the next day with an older writer that he always admired. Ralph and, Granger is the other writer on that song. Right, right. I mean, Kyle must have figured this was the, was the kind of thing Snuff would go for, and I didn't know Kyle stole the song until it hit the radio, and then... I, I, I couldn't prove it. I, I hadn't copyrighted the song or played it out or recorded the MP3. Yet, but that was the end of our friendship. He knew I'd lost my publishing deal. And if he'd even listed me as a third writer on the song, I, it, it would have meant that... Anyhow, years so ago, I met Liz and she told me I treated her so much better than the last guy she dated in Nashville. The guy who really burned her, and I found out about her history with Kyle. See, I'm kind of like you, Roberta, except I didn't even think we should invade Afghanistan. I am a pretty hardcore pacifist. <laughs> a killer pacifist? <laughs> yeah, right? Seems pretty funny now. Pretty ridiculous. I'm not proud of it. I'm not going to defend it or, or try to have it make sense. But I don't like war because innocent people get killed. Babies and families and Kyle Samperson sure wasn't any kind of innocent. Anyhow, uh, me being a pacifist and national wasn't a problem before September 11th. I was seeing Kyle, but he didn't used to be all that political. And after the attack, we agreed to disagree. But then after our breakup, he knew I wrote a song for an Americana band here in Colorado, a song called, Who Would Jesus Kill? I've heard that. Yeah. It still gets some airplay on alternative stations around here. What would Jesus bomb? Who would Jesus kill? Does he feel a thrill when we launch a crusade? Or does he feel afraid as we get our fill and murder in his name? Who would Jesus kill? I heard his way was gentle. That's not the way I've seen. Why do those who speak for him keep this world ugly and mean? Anyhow, once we broke up, I was about to land a publishing deal and Kyle knew that I had written that song. He went and got the CD and showed it to the publisher. I lost the deal, and more than that, he got me Dixie chicked. Kyle got it fixed so that I was blackballed and labeled unpatriotic so that I couldn't even get a pitch meeting anywhere in Nashville. So I left. I stayed away for years, and then I started going back because, you know, a country songwriter is all I ever wanted to be. I met Bryce, and he took this job, and I thought I'd come along just to needle Kyle, kind of. Yeah, I, we both thought it would be fun just to, to be here, to call him on his stuff, you know, two people who knew how full of shit he was. And I guess that wasn't a nice thing to do to you, Martha, so I'm sorry. Anyhow, I mean, Liz and I, we would joke that maybe at the right moment came along, we'd, you know, push Kyle off a Rocky Mountain or something. It was, <laughs> it's kind of a joke, and, and it kind of wasn't. 
but we agreed to pretend not to know each other and then you know we pretended not to like each other and so maybe we were serious i noticed the down power line when i drove up here that's when i really got serious that's when we thought there really was a way to make it look like an accident so what do you say guys every single person here has a reason to know what a selfish vicious hypocritical bastard kyle samperson was <laughs> maybe tiffany doesn't know but she's gonna find out when she heads back to nashville and she'll find all those contacts and promises that he gave her last night are worthless <laughs> she's just one more in a long line of chippies i've seen them come and go so has Liz. <laughs> so here's what i'm proposing if you let me I'll go back out there and I will put that power line back on Kyle's body and we'll finish the job this time. Burned him to a cinder. And then the cause of death will be impossible to figure out. It'll it'll just be an accident to the coroner. And and Martha, I've looked over your insurance policies and you're covered. Okay? So uh, Liz and I will just drive off in her car and we'll all leave here knowing that there's one less bullying jerk on planet earth what do you say bryce and liz Absolutely. take a step away from the semicircle ed stands with his gun raised stay absolutely still both of you roberta talk some sense into him he wouldn't listen to me but as it happens i i agree with him i i'm sorry liz but this is murder denise I'm so sorry, Liz, but there's nothing Charlie or I can do to help you. That's the truth. Martha. Liz, I didn't like him. I wished I hadn't invited him when he got here, but I can't help you out of this. So what are you going to do? You shoot us, Ed, if we go to her car? If I have to, <laughs> please don't test me and find out. I've been in the army. And I know how to use a gun, though I wouldn't like to do it. And so what? You're just going to stand watch over us or tie us up? Maybe for days, for weeks, you know, you get your freaking phone and internet service are working again? Do you really need the hassle of police investigation and publicity and interrogation? Is that piece of garbage out there really worth doing this to us? You could just let us go and let us do what we need to do. Don't move. I'm sorry, Bryce. I even agree with some of what you say about the man. But it's like, like Roberta said, this is murder. You do know that he's up there, right? Or rather down there, sitting in Satan's steam bath, laughing his ass off at the bunch of us. You know that, don't you? All of us stuck here, staring at each other. You want this to be Kyle Samperson's last big practical joke. When girls collide, it's a knockdown, drag out fight. By the time it ends, they'll both be quite a sight. Listen, before we get cut off, 
You, you gotta contact the police. No, call the police here in Colorado. Please, we need help. End of play. Hey everyone, I'm so glad you could come to the show. I, I encourage you to join us for a talk back afterwards. Please send us in some questions through the chat. Um, can I have all the actors on stage and our shadowy figure and our director? A little too shadowy. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, um, our shadowy figure is none other than our playwright, and a songstress, uh, a, sorry, songwriter. No, songstress is somebody who sings. Either, either uh, is fine, but I think I think I'll stick to being uh, uh, not not on stage and not on camera down the line. But yes, gotcha. Okay, um, uh, Judy Class. Thanks, thank you. Thank and I think you. you did a wonderful job on the show. Yay! Um, all of you guys did a tremendous job. This was such a pleasure. It really was. Mm. Ah, uh, Pam Malone says, illuminating and funny. Thank you, Pam. I, I know Pam since I was a very little girl. So it's very, it's lovely that she came. Oh, that's very sweet. And Katie, where are you? And Cortez, my former student, is also speaking oh. up in the oh, chat. Oh, there you are. That's lovely. <laughs> so, and uh, Katie Blake from New York City is uh, our director. Yes. Yoke. Um, Katie, tell me something about how you felt about directing this show. Well, I'm not a huge uh, Zoom fan. I think a lot of us are Zoom fatigued a bit, but I just have to say this was a treat to work with everyone. These actors, Judy hired the cast, Judy pulled together the cast, and she couldn't have done a more perfect job. I think that everybody was spot on for their parts. It was so much fun to get what little feedback we were able to get with these people. And everyone was so open to working with this odd format and working with this. And, and, and I think they did a great job at um, communicating what the gist of the play was, um, even with the restrictions that Zoom put in there. So I wanna give a big old shout out to everyone in this cast. They were great. And I, I'm glad I have all your phone numbers and cell phone numbers and emails, cause I'll, you may hear be hearing from me again one day. <laughs> Two. May we all be back on stage soon. Exactly. Um, it, it is a particular challenge doing, um, although technically this, uh, Judy does not consider this a musical. It is a musical. I mean, it has music in it. Um, there are some challenges with musicals all on Zoom, um, you know, TikTok, Ratatouille notwithstanding. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Um. 
I wanted to say, say also thanks to my student, my current student, Michael Dodson for coming. I, I see him in the chat too. No, it, it, well, it's, you know, when I write a musical, it's sort of a song every, you know, 10 feet or every, you know, the, at, at regular intervals. This is songs and song fragments, most of them during the seminar. So, you know, it's not quite set up that way, but it, it certainly shares some qualities with musical. Absolutely. The basis of a musical is that it, uh, the person usually has to make a decision or turn or change or believe in something. And, and this would be a distinction between a traditional like Broadway musical and a song with shows in it, more like like Smokey Joe's Cafe is the song, is the one that it comes to mind, or uh, Jersey Girls would be another. I, th I thought you did an excellent job of, of writing songs that really fit each of the characters and, um, and said what they had to say. It was really a part of their character development. I thought it was really terrific. Thanks. I mean, some of them were songs that, that I'd already written that, that I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll write a song like my inner Toby Keith will write a song like When Girls Collide or something. And 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 so then years later, and I try to pitch it. And then, um, shame to admit, I have such a thing. But, um, you know, and then I sort of think, well, that will work in, in this character. Um, speaking of natural songwriters, uh, Lisa Ashman, who is a really fine pro writer, has also just hi, said Lisa. nice things. People saying hi to her? In, in, yeah. No. But this is saying nice things in the chat. So that's also very cool. Mm -hmm. She she came here and she thinks it rings true with uh these song seminars and all the rest of it. And um, if anybody would know, it's Lisa. She's an amazing songwriter. Just she so really you know. is. Should get her on and have her sing something here. <laughs> I have a I I have a question for Jack actually, and because we had limited time, I didn't get a chance to talk to him about this. Um, but Jack, you're a songwriter, correct, in Nashville? I am. I'm just curious as to um, how you channeled that successful person that then asked um, other people, you know, that then you became the person that, because I'm sure you've gone to some of these song critique groups. Like, how was that for you? I am I am actually a songwriter in Nashville, but I am not a Nashville songwriter. I have never pitched a song. I have never done a seminar. Uh, I write for me in my living room and my coffee table and uh, like I have, uh, I am that person who has cut a CD and sold it out of the back of the car or taken it. And I've done a couple of writer's nights here and there, but very seldom. I consider myself uh, an actor who can sing and play as required. Um, but I've never, I've never gone through the brutality of this seminar in anything other than in my own brain, so. Got it. Lisa, did you did you want to say something? Lisa? I was going to say uh, that Judy, you did a good job of like Kyle's uh, character. You know, uh, I've you know, I've been in song circles as, as a writer and been at places you know with people that are like that. You know, and very you know, kind of, they say they don't pull punches, but they're really just kind of crash and, and, and really uh, crass, I mean, and, um, and just, there is that kind of cynicism that people can get in Nashville, like when you're trying to write for that a market, or it's this idea of who can I pitch my songs to, um, and it becomes very commercialized, especially back in the, in 2006, or when you were writing, and I think the, um, I think the internet and, and YouTube and the uh, 
and and iTunes and it's kind of a it's kind of a blessing and a curse for uh, independent songwriters in that we've got access now to the public in a way that we didn't before where you'd have to be on a record label. But then the other thing is it's also everybody's able to put all their stuff out there. So, and somehow there's still that, you know, way where you kind of have to get through the filters of like, you know, how many spot now it's like, how many Spotify plays have you got? How many Instagram followers as you got, you know, it's, it's just, it's changed, but it stayed the same in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is different. This this song really this song this play really is of the moment, uh, you know, of of the two thousands. But in some ways, things don't change. Like you said, now people can put their own stuff out there. It's just there's even less money, you know, because streaming is is sort of a joke in in terms of compensating writers and and everyone else. Um, I'm just I'm 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 thinking uh, Cortez, Linda, Renee, uh, folks writing cool things in the chat, but. Um, um yeah no well well you know thanks Clint because yeah there there are these sort of arrogant jerks you know at the same time I tried to make Kyle again some of what he says I think has validity you know some of the people mm -hmm. who shredded me in in some of these critique groups some of their was some of what they said had validity and and maybe it's a necessary thing so I wanted to walk that line I yeah, thought it was yeah, well you... I was just gonna say when I was first reading it, you know, it has this structure of, you know, murder mystery that, you know, is, is pretty familiar and everybody has their motive in this isolated location. So you've got that whole thing going on with like, okay, this is what this is. But then within it, it's like, you have these, you know, awesome songs, you know, I just love, you know, um, you know, just your, you know, your version of the old school and the patriotic and all of that. And in and of themselves, I mean, the songs are great to listen to and were wonderfully performed. And then you've got the discussion about Nashville, which I don't have a lot of experience with, but with theater and film and TV, you know, a lot of similar things about the commercialization and, and how big money, you know, changes things. And then the whole thing about 9-11, um, like I lived in New York during 9-11 and Judy, you echoed all my thoughts exactly. I mean, there was no vengeance, there was no anger. It was like, we wanna heal and, and um, how weird that was when we're hearing the rest of the country say these other things. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like channeling my own experience. And then this, you know, liberal and conservative that you're presenting in that world in 2006, I mean, you know, look at it now, like I felt like you, I felt like so much of that humanity and that discussion is missing now. And it's just so vitriolic and so divided, but I felt like these people in this weekend, you know, actually, although might be on opposing sides, were able to like talk and have adult conversations, even if they disagreed. So all of that is to say, I'm amazed at how much you packed into what seemingly looks like a fun little murder mystery. So I really admire and appreciate that. No, thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kathy. Because I mean, I, I think if, if you can write a whodunit, but hopefully it's more than that. Hopefully it's not just a puzzle or it's sort of like dinner theater whodunit. That's or you, you brought in a lot of things that, you know, as, as Kathy said, I think, you know, we, we lived through. My son was a 9-11 um, a baby. Um, I was pregnant with him during that time. And, and um, I it, and I was in Jersey right near there. And I, I before that time had never I heard people say, I would never want to bring a child into this world. And that day, 
uh, sitting on the beach six months pregnant, I said, now I think I understand. And that was kind of like the beginning. And, and a lot of what you brought into this is things that we should never forget. So I think also as someone who is not in the music industry, but having lived in Nashville for two years as an actress, um, a lot of everybody I knew really that was acting was also doing music or was aspiring like Tiffany is. And um, as much as the acting industry and Hollywood has done to grow from the Me Too movement, people don't understand how behind the music industry is in um, the way that young women and really all young artists are um, indoctrinated into the industry, um, absolutely abused um, in the way that Tiffany has fed false promises. I know so many horror stories from the few people that I know that are some even somewhat successful in the um, music industry. I actually saw kind of a sad meme I guess today um saying like oh you can't hurt me um I lived it I went through the music industry before the me too movement so um just knowing that Tiffany's kind of representative of like I mean something that's still going on today is like how young women in the mu music industry are so taken advantage of in every way yeah no theater uh, theater too theater too well, and I think uh, Liz's character really represented a um, another kind of, um, I guess, I hesitate to say abuse, but like ostracism, where any any time that you want to speak up about anything that's you know political or stand up, kind of like the Dixie Chicks did, you know, and that it, yeah, it's just like nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to listen to songwriters do their uh, political opinions, but they'll listen to, you know, talking heads on pundit shows spout out BS all the time from both sides. You know, when I first started going to Nashville, it wasn't that long after 9-11, and that really was a verb in this town to be Dixie Chick. People were, were afraid of being Dixie Chick. When I saw that line, I mean, it, it it's such a powerful <laughs> image, just that one, one statement. It, you really put a lot of you know, important stuff in this play. Thanks. The sad thing to me was that album that the Dixie Chicks put out at that time called Home is one of the best country albums of the 20 years surrounding that. Uh, I mean, it, it's an incredible album. And I, I hate that that album had to suffer through all that controversy. No, and that song, the song they had on the charts about traveling soldier, about a soldier in Vietnam was very much about our troops and you know everything they were being accused of betraying and um it's a fantastic song yeah it is do we have any more questions from the audience for compliments people people are writing nice things i was complimenting judy in particular for the contents of this play but um I also want to congratulate everybody who participated in bringing it to life. As uh, as actors, you you did a marvelous job. Um, and uh, Jack, your your um, class, your workshop was <laughs> so fluidly delivered, and it sounded so so familiar to me. <laughs> 
I, uh, I got to work with, true to life. I got to work with Judy on another uh, production that was uh, kind of similar in some ways, but I, I feel like I bring very modest talent and very, very loud opinions and uh, nonsense to the table. So thank you. Thank you. you. You played those those guys very, very well. By the way, I'd like to say to everyone in the chat, if you enjoyed the show, um, AJ, is this what you've just put in is, is how people could make yes. um, you know, th this was free. So the, the the quarantine players does have some expenses. If people enjoyed it, if they wanted to sort of retroactively sort of buy a ticket and, and contribute a little money, AJ has the expenses of publicity and, and all kinds of other. Um, and it's just so wonderful that she does this. This is, this is so important to have this kind of theater company doing sometimes risky work, uh, work with, you know, by women writers, you know, work that new work stuff that other theaters are not doing even when there isn't like a pandemic out there. So. Yeah, we don't do 42nd Street. We're not gonna do that, no matter what. Well, you know, there's a place Thank for God. It. We love 42nd Street, but other people can do it better than us. <laughs> the um, tap so, dancing on Zoom would be quite quite amusing for that. I've that. seen weirder stuff. Um, so we, uh, this will be live and ready on any of those links that I sent you um, in the chat window uh, by Friday. Um, and uh, if you could share it, watch it, we have a um, Amazon Fire TV app you can download, like us, subscribe on on uh, YouTube, um, and we have a podcast version available if you want to listen to something on the treadmill. Um, and I put the fundraising link in there. If you can, you know, give a little. If you can't, please send it around to your friends with more money. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you guys so much, and I appreciate everything. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information about Quarantine Players, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash quarantine players. As Shakespeare said in Julius Caesar, if we do meet again, why, we shall smile. If not, why then, this party was well made.